With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to another episode of Good Dog. I'm Joanne Green, and we've been talking a lot about different breeds recently. Many of us, when it's time to get a dog or add a dog to our family, will go to a shelter of some sort and adopt a dog in need of a new home. But there's a lot to know in that area, and so we've brought on an expert today. Jan McHugh-Smith is president of the San Francisco SPCA. Jan, welcome to Good Dog. Thank you. I'm excited to be here today. It's great to have you here. Now, I understand that the San Francisco SPCA is one of the oldest SPCAs in yes. the United States. Yes, I believe we're going to be the, we are the fourth oldest. And when, and when the SPCA in San Francisco started, what was its primary focus? The first thing we focused on were horses, actually, because we had a lot of animals that were suffering in the streets. Horses were the main transportation for the city of San Francisco, horses and mules. And a lot of those animals suffered abuse and laid in the streets unattended. And the San Francisco SPCA had a horse ambulance and picked those animals up and provided them with medical care and attention. And I guess your mission has changed over the years. It has. Obviously, we don't see so many horses in San Francisco any longer. But the interesting thing, we do uh, retire the horses from the San Francisco Police Department to a volunteer's farm, and we take care of them in their retirement. So we still have some connection to the past in the horses of the city. And now our main focus is dog and cats. Excellent. Well, our focus today is going to be on adopting a pet and also on a particular program that you have at the San Francisco SPCA called the Open Door Program. That's, mm -hmm. that's my hint right now. We'll get into details of it in just a few minutes. But um, let's start out by talking about the kind of preparation or research that people should engage in before they adopt a pet. This should not be an impulse move, should it? No. Adopting a pet is a very big responsibility so the thing I always tell people to think about is why do you want a pet and what exactly are you seeking in having a companion animal in your home? So, for instance, um, say I would think generally people say, well, we, you know, we want a dog that's going to be fun, that's going to be playful, that's going to you know, want to go out for walks, but that I'm not going to necessarily have to walk every single day. Is there a way to take a list of criteria like that and match it up to a particular type of dog? Absolutely. I see. It's, we call it matchmaking, and it's not that different than dating. You want to list all the characteristics you're looking for in a pet. Sometimes people might be looking for an animal that's easy to care for, that doesn't require walks, like you said, that may be more sedate, 
And we can help them to look for that pet because we have animals that are older up for adoption as well as young animals up for adoption. And we try to match the person's expectation for adoption in, in that pet and also match it with the animal's needs. So what are the risks if you don't do that sort of research? Well, the risk is the broken bond between the, the pet guardian and the animal. If that expectation isn't met by the person, they can feel disappointed in the relationship of the pet, and then that puts the pet at risk, either for being relinquished back to an animal shelter or maybe being isolated in a backyard for the rest of their life because the guardian just doesn't want to be with that animal any longer. Jen, there are people who say, you know, don't buy a used car because you're buying someone else's reject. You're buying problems that someone else, you know, got rid of. And I would suspect that the same could be said for shelter dogs. I mean, these are dogs that, for whatever reason, weren't wanted or weren't properly cared for. Is, is, I mean, I, I say this on the one hand, and on the other hand, that's where my dogs have always come from. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, if you've always gotten your dogs from animal shelters, you know you can get really high-quality animals, that companion animals, dogs or cats. And, yes, do some of these animals come to us with challenges? Certainly. And what we do is we'll talk to the adopter about what those challenges might look like in their household. And then that person makes the decision about whether or not they're willing to take that challenge on or not. But certainly we have plenty of wonderful animals that are available for adoption that I call the food and water animals <laughs> that are, you know, don't require any complications. But, right. but make great companion animals. I, I was mentioning to you earlier about Farfel, the dog whose who's little photo you see on the good dog icon, and he came to us from a shelter. We got him when he was six months old, and the family that put him up for adoption um, couldn't care for him anymore because the mom had developed a serious illness, and you know they were maxed out taking care of the kids in the family. And he was just the most amazing dog for the 13-plus years that we had him. So... There you go. Well, I think that's a true testament to the type of animals that are available in animal shelters today. Do you have particular criteria, Jan, for making a dog available for adoption? Do they have to pass a certain set of tests? Yes, we do. We have skilled staff who look at that animal's behavior. So we have what's called a temperament test that's done. And we do a temperament test to make sure that that animal is safe and is going to be safe in the home. And then we also have health criteria. So we have staff skilled at doing basic examinations, and then if there are any medical issues, we have veterinarians on staff who can assist with taking care of any type of medical issue that comes up for that pet. Are there particular questions that an individual should ask before committing to a particular dog? I mean, it isn't just about falling in love with their cute face, right? That's right. I think when you're looking for a dog or a cat, you really want to make sure that you are able to put the time into that animals needs and so let's take a dog there you know there are so many different breeds of dogs today and you want to look at what are the energy requirements of that dog is this going to be a sedate dog a highly active dog and maybe I'm a highly active person and I want a dog to run with will that dog be able to run with me will it have long enough legs and be able to keep up and meet my expectations I think you want to look at uh, veterinary care and talk about the Veterinary medicine can be very expensive, and this, our animals need routine care on an annual basis. Right. And you have to make sure you can afford that. Also, the housing situation is really critical. Where will the dog live? Is it a suitable environment? How will you potty the dog? How will the dog get exercise on a daily basis? 
These are important questions. Now, do you look for particular qualities in individuals or families seeking to adopt a dog from the SPCA in San Francisco? Well, it would be better described as matchmaking when we look at the qualities that they're looking for in a pet, and then we look at the animal's needs, and we try to match them up as best we can so that the dog's needs are met as well as the family's needs. So do you look for people, for instance, that... Uh, stay in a place for a given time that aren't moving around every few months or, you know, that just can offer some stability to the dog? We look for people who have, yes, have some stability and understand the housing situation in San Francisco, for example, can be very challenging around renting. So that's a conversation we're going to have with a client around where do they live now? Are they renting? Do they own? How will they handle it if they move so that they can keep that dog with them? And we talk about just the general issues that can come up with pet guardianship. Now, do you end up acquiring many dogs because their people move to housing where pets are not allowed? Well, in the United States, if you look at the overall statistics, moving is in the top ten. Interesting. In terms of why people relinquish their animals. And are most rental units um, dog-friendly, or are there, is it really all over the board? I think that it, it, the units are not dog-friendly, that you're looking at having to pay some very high damage deposits, and your, your monthly rent may also go up. We really try to work with people, and we try to get landlords to acknowledge that pets are part of our family. Whether you have a dog or a cat, it's important for people who are renting these places to allow animals in them, and that will help them to attract good quality renters who will be responsible and take great care of the property as well as their own pet. Which brings us to the Open Door Program. Tell us what that is and how it helps pet owners. We developed the Open Door Program to help pet owners be able to find housing in San Francisco with their pets. As I said earlier, it can be really challenging to find a place to live that will allow you to have your animals with you. And so we decided that how could we facilitate educating people about places that did allow animals? How can we educate landlords about accepting animals into the different apartments and condos? And then how can we help the people who are trying to rent put together dog resumes or cat resumes and really promote that they have a well-behaved animal that would be an asset and be able to live in this apartment house and not cause a problem. All right, I, I have to stop you there. Okay. What, what's a dog resume? Okay, a dog resume. We recommend that you make a little resume for your dog. So let's say you have a dog named Bingo. You might show the photo of Bingo, that he talk about his behavior, that he's well-behaved, that he's been through training. He's accustomed to living in apartments, that you've lived in apartments before and he's not had any problem you might talk about how big he is and that he's a mature dog and he's easygoing. You could talk about the activities that you're able to do with Bingo, that we go for walks twice a day, that he goes to the dog park so he doesn't have any trouble interacting with people or animals. Talk about how you're a responsible pet guardian. You take him to the veterinarian on a regular basis and that he gets groomed. And you might even provide references from other landlords who have allowed you to have your dog in their apartments. If I was renting out a, a unit, I would be very impressed to see something like that. Right. Um, I rent out a house in Colorado, and I always want to make sure that if my tenant has an animal and that animal's beta neutered and properly licensed for the city and they understand the laws. 
So those are all different types of things. You can say, I'm educated about this. It shows that you're responsible for your animal, and I think it gives you a hands-up for the landlord looking at your application. Very interesting. Any other advice that you provide to pet owners when looking to rent? Well, the San Francisco SPCA website actually has listings of properties that are pet-friendly, so I would encourage people to utilize that. And then also landlords can go on and enter their property onto the website if they are pet-friendly. Jen, is this sort of service unique to the San Francisco SPCA, or is there a trend in other major cities of offering this sort of service? Well, I think the San Francisco SPCA set the standard for the open housing program, and it is being modeled in other parts of the United States. Is there much prejudice against particular breeds, do you think, in terms of you know, what, what kinds of breeds landlords will allow their tenants to have? I do believe there is uh, discrimination happening for some types of dogs, the bully breed dogs. Unfortunately, because of the, the media highlighting attacks and those types of things, the insurance companies have been stepping in and creating lists of animals that they're no longer going to insure on homeowner policies. It's made landlords very nervous about what types of animals can live in the apartments. It, it is a huge problem. And what it, kinds of breeds are we talking about? Pit bulls, obviously. Bulls, Rottweilers, a lot of the big, big, big breed dogs uh, are on those types of lists. Um, having come from Colorado, Pitbulls were banned in the city of Denver. That's right. We did a program on that. It's yeah. on uh, the Good Dog website right now. And I know that there were 12 different breeds of dogs banned in the city of Aurora. So that makes it more difficult for the, the guardian. In Aurora, I know they, they had grandfathered in animals that were in the city already if they paid a licensing fee and they had insurance and all these different requirements. But they certainly make it more difficult. So it's definitely something a person needs to consider when they're selecting their animal. Particularly if they're a renter. Yes, exactly. Now, are people generally more responsive, uh, landlords more responsive to smaller dogs and or dogs who don't shed? I think landlords are looking for animals that are, that are well-trained, housebroken, and that have people who are responsible. And we really try to work with the landlords to get them to understand what they should be looking for. We help them with a guide for landlords so they can look at what are the benefits of renting to a tenant with pets, what kind of pet policy guidelines they may want to have for their apartment building or condos. And we talk to them about how can they screen the, screen the guardian and the animal, make sure that it's going to be a good fit for their situation, have written agreements, and then talked about pet deposits, what's a reasonable charge for that, and then establishing limits on the number of animals or the types of animals in the building. So we just we try to give them a list of things to look through so that when they're considering taking in animals or not taking in animals, they just don't do the simple thing and not taking them in, but really can look at what can we accommodate, accommodate reasonably and, and how can we help support our, our community. In San Francisco, we love our animals, and it's really important to have housing for people with pets. Well, there's a wealth of information um, on the Open Door program at the San Francisco SPCA website. And why don't you give us the URL for that, Jan, so people can look it up. Whether or not they live in the San Francisco area, this sort of information could certainly be replicated in any city. Absolutely. I think that this information is very broad-based and can help anybody in any community. It's really general, and it can be used to help get animals into housing. So click on www.sfspca.org and look for Open Door Program. 
Jan McHugh-Smith, president of the San Francisco SPCA. Thanks so much for being on Good Dog today. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Good Dog Podcast, the only podcast, I might add, with an embedded audio channel that only dogs can hear. If you like our show, it would be most helpful if you submitted a review on iTunes. So far, so good in that department, but we could use a few more comments. And finally, we'd love to hear from you directly. I respond to every single email. And also, when you make a suggestion, generally speaking, you'll find that I do a show on that topic in the next couple weeks. Simply send an email to gooddog at smarterpodcasts.com. Thank you.